Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor Pamela's voice is still not as strong as we would like it, so I told her I'd rather have her strong for Easter Sunday than trying to do something tonight. So we were running a little bit behind because she was trying, but uh, it didn't quite work out. So that's okay, though. That's okay. We've been having a good time on Wednesday nights. Hallelujah. Good stuff. You know, I, I looked up, you know, this is Holy Week, so you look up and you find out what, what does Wednesday mean, you know, and Wednesday's an interesting thing when you look it up, because it's the day that Judas went in and made the deal with the high priest standing for the 30 pieces of silver, so, uh, you know, it used to be called the, the evil Wednesday for the week, you know, kind of thing, and uh, all the different stuff. Of course, people have changed it around for different things, but it's, uh, it's just the day that, uh, you know, hey things that took place and happened for all the things that's going on tomorrow and all that kind of wonderful stuff. But praise God, we are blessed. Amen. So good. God is so good. So hey, all of you that are watching, welcome to Wednesday night. I'm just going to teach tonight. I'm going to share. We're going to continue on the subject of faith. I felt like that. We're going to continue to keep hammering this home to help us uh, learn some things here. And uh, uh, just really uh, thank God. For his grace and his mercy. Um, I do want to open up with prayer. And I also want to, uh, there's a young boy that uh, I got a call from his mom who comes to our church here. His name's Jacob Hooks. He's, he, he got rushed to the hospital. He's in ICU in Lodi Memorial right now. And he's 21 years old. And so we want to pray for Jacob. Amen. And so let's do that right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just honor you. We love you and thank you. And Oh, for your grace, your mercy, you're such a a wonderful, loving, heavenly father. And Lord, I just lift up Jacob to you right now. In Jesus' name, I ask for the healing power, God, to flow into his body. In the name of Jesus. Lord, Lord, you're such a great God. Such a wonderful God. So, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. Whatever is going on, whatever is transpiring in the situation, Lord, you're the healer. Jesus is the healer. And you can turn him around, bring him out, Father, cause life and healing into his body. I thank you for it now. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. And amen. Just to give you a little tidbit about Jacob. Jacob turned 21. And what he told his family he wanted to do, he said, I want all of you in church. So all of his family came to church. Grandma included every aunt and uncle. So it was a great time. Praise God. So I pray for Jacob a lot. Amen. For good things to take place. And we know we got the devil all uptight because two nights ago we had a crazy person come and decide to take rocks and smash our pre- two of our preschool windows really bad. And uh, so we're getting those made because they're, they're, you know, they have to be custom made. They're five foot eight by four foot four. So there's, <laughs> it has to be created. Plus there has to be a special film that gets on them. Thank God for our film that we have on there. It's supposed to be bulletproof, but that's a lie because that rock shattered it really good, but it didn't, it won't break in a bunch of, it all stays together. It's like your windshield. It, it stays all together. So praise the Lord for that. And, uh, that's why if you got here early, you probably saw the sheriffs out there. We had to do a police report and all kinds of wonderful things. But God is good. God is awesome. Amen. So we, we, we rejoice in this. Hey, so if you have your Bibles, go to Mark chapter 11, verse 22. We're going to start there. We're going to share Mark chapter 11. You can never go wrong with the subject of faith. And, uh, you know, and the reason being is because we actually need that. We need to know that the enemy is trying to come against us. We know that Luke 18, 8 said that Jesus said this. He said, when the son of man comes back to the earth, is he going to find faith on the earth? 
Will there be anybody with faith? Will there be anybody uh, uh, believing God, exercising their faith for things, but also reaching out and touching lives? Amen? Uh, I really, you know, have a heart because one of my callings is, is to bring a spirit of faith and to teach on the subject of faith to people to help them walk the walk that God wants them to be. And the devil's always trying to steal your joy. He's always trying to steal your peace. He's always coming after what you believe. You know, he can't stop you from going to heaven because you already accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But what he wants to do right now is he wants to stop you to have heaven on earth. He wants to stop you from enjoying the life that God's called you to do. And that's what he's always trying to do. He always wants to harass you. And you've got to know your authority. You've got to know who you are in Christ. You've got to know how to take a, a, the word of God and speak the word of God of what God says. And it's so shocking because anytime you get a hold of faith, you talk about confession, you talk about believing those that are who are the naysayers who get all upset about people that get excited about God and are happy about that is they say, well, you're just trying to twist God's arm or you think God's a sugar daddy or you're trying to make God do something. And that's, you know, it's like, let me just share with you. None of us in here can make God do anything, okay? God's already done everything. All we did is read what he said he did and find out what he's done for us. And all we said is, God, I'm going to hold your, your word up to you like a mirror. And I'm going to say, you said it in your word, and you did it for so-and-so. You said there's no respecter of persons. Then you're going to do it for me because you did it. You said it. You're the one that said it. You're the one that's done it. You're the one that showed it to me. You're the one that revealed truth to me. How You did it. I can believe it. Amen. If you can find scripture in the word of God for it, you can take hold of it. And, and that's the thing that many people have, have a really hard time with because they have a tendency to think that we all we're doing is trying to make God do something. We're not trying to make God do anything because we can't. God's already done it. How many you know God's already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places? God's given us everything that pertains unto life and godliness. His divine nature so that we can be a partaker. of These are all scriptures. Amen. God's the one that made, made us to be overcomers. God said we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Jesus said, my joy I give to you. My peace I give to you. Well, if he gave it to us, he hasn't taken it back. So if we don't have joy and peace, it's because we haven't received that. We haven't acknowledged that. But here's the key. The key is Hebrews 11.6. We're going to get to Mark 11 here in just a second. But Hebrews 11.6 says, but without faith. It's impossible to please God. Now, now why, would, why would the writer say that? He said, because, you, number one, you have to believe that God is. You have to believe that there is a God. You know, we have a whole world out there that they don't even know if there is a God. They're not really, they just think they, you know, hey, it's just the way it's always been, always has, and everybody's just doing their thing. But he said, you know, it, without faith, it's impossible to please God because you've got to believe that he is, but it's not enough to believe that he is. You've got to believe that he's a rewarder than the diligently seek him. You've got to believe that he's a rewarder. You've got to believe that God said in his word that if we do some things, we receive it. Now, all of the things are ours, but you still got to go out and get it, and you got to grab it by faith. Faith is the key. Faith is the exchange in heaven. Just like money is the exchange on the earth here, faith is your exchange in heaven, which means you exercise your faith to believe God for his promises in your life. And it's not as easy as you think it is, but it's not as hard as you think it is, okay? All it is is making the decision of wondering what the Word of God is, because once you have the Word of God, the Word of God is what will hold you up. It's what will hold you up. 
Let me just share you this thing too. Did you know that your faith, all the pressure is on the word. It's not on you. If you understand the word, if you understand the Bible, all the pressure is on the Bible, all the pressure is on the promises of God. Because that's what Abraham said. Amen? What did Abraham say? You know, Romans chapter 4 says Abraham had great faith. He had great, he had strong faith. Being strong in faith, the Bible says. Did you know that every one of you have strong faith? You just haven't used it yet. It's easy to have strong faith. What were the characteristics of strong faith? Abraham, the Bible says he was, he was strong in faith. He had strong faith. Why? Because he did two things. One, he gave glory to God. He gave glory to God. He was worshiping. He gave glory to God. He honored God. He loved God. How many of us can give glory to God? All of us in this room. Amen? We can give glory to God. But the second thing is, is, is the big key is that Abraham was fully persuaded that what God said he could do. Isn't it amazing that it wasn't what God said I could do, he could do. No, he said what God said God can do. Abraham was fully persuaded that what God said he can do it. And if you're fully persuaded that what God said he can do in your life, then you get to receive it. Amen? All right, that's just the introduction. You guys ready to go? <laughs> Let's just get into here. Amen? Uh, you know, I got, I got 18 pages of notes, but we're not going to go through all that, okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. And, uh, but it's just the start of some things. Uh, reason being is because I believe with all my heart, you know, I was raised in church. And so, but when I got a hold of of being filled with the Holy Spirit, and I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I spoke in other tongues, got blessed. God called me into the ministry, and thank God he directed me to, to where he wanted me to go and directed me to a school. But when I got a hold of the truth of the Word of God, and it was so unique because, uh, you know, I was going to a school that everybody thought was just all you're going to get is faith. Nobody's going to teach anything else, and that really wasn't true at all. But, you know, and everybody was afraid for me. But one of the best things my dad ever told me, and he was like, listen, Here's one thing, no matter what, if they give you a scripture, then you read the chapter before, the chapter in it, and the chapter after. You get it in context. So, you know, if you're going to Bible college, you're going to school, and you're going to school all day long, and they're giving you hundreds of scriptures, you can read a lot of chapters if you're doing that. But I did. I was very faithful to do that because I wanted to know what they were saying was true. Amen? And so I did. I, I, I you know, I, I would read the chapter before, the chapter that it was in, and the chapter after. So I'd go back and I would study and I would look and see. Now you couldn't tell it by my notes. If you saw my notes from college, none of you'd be like, "You didn't even show up for class." I said, "I know it's, it's bad, uh, you know." But uh, uh, the the problem is, is that I have a great memory and a, and a, and a great retraining, re, you know, retaining of things. So, but uh, you know, I, I just would go home and I would do that. Once you do all that and you do all that, you're going to retain a lot of things. You're going to hear a lot of things and you're going to see a lot of things that God's doing. Amen? And that's the thing about it. When you find out that it's true, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. Amen? Because when you know the truth, you just smile. Amen? You don't get mad. You don't get upset. You can try to argue. If it just doesn't do any good. But let's begin reading in verse 22. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 11, verse 22 says, Jesus answered, he said unto them, have faith in God or have the God, the faith of God is what the mighty margin says. How do you have the faith of God, having faith in God? Same thing. It's the God kind of faith in that this is what the God kind of faith does. It says, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say 
unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have ought against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. You know, there's been a lot of small wars fought on that, just like I shared with you. A lot of translations now and today do not have the 26th verse. But we're not going to talk a lot about unforgiveness. We're going to talk about Abraham's faith. So I want you to go over to Romans chapter 4 with me. And let's look at some things. And let's try to figure out how we were thinking wrong. And so how we can start believing right. Amen? Because if your thinking's wrong, your believing's going to be wrong. And then your talking's going to be wrong. And you're going to be defeated. And we're not talking about trying to be the confession police or we're not trying to walk around and try to correct everybody's what they're saying or doing. That's, that's not our job. We're not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can do his own job. Amen. Because you know, what happens is, is people, you can't even kid, you know, you can't even kid anymore. You can't even be sarcastic. I love to be sarcastic. Can't even do that anymore. Everybody gets upset. They get mad. They take it, they take it all serious. Oh my goodness. You can't even, you know, you just try to be a little bit, you know, and everything, everybody gets like, Oh my gosh, you did this. You're doing this. You're like, are you kidding me? You know, just, you know, everybody is, you know, wearing their feelings on their shirt sleeves and everything else. If you disagree with me, you hate me. It's, they have, they have the good old Cain syndrome. You know, you know, if you, if you, if you, you know, if something I do, you don't like, well, then you hate me. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. Romans chapter four. Let's begin reading verse 16. He said, therefore, it is a faith that it might be by grace to the end. The promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abram or Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you or made thee the father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. Amen. God does this. God calls those things which be not as though they were, just like he always did. God always sees the end. He told Abraham, your name's no longer Abram, but Abraham, you're the father of many nations. He didn't have any kids. He didn't have anything. But he said, you look, come here, let me just show you. See all these stars, your, your, your kids are going to be, all of your, your, your descendants are going to be more than the stars. Look at the sand down here. You can't even know, but your descendants are going to be all that stuff. There's a lot of desert in Israel. Okay, a lot of sand, and you can see the stars. Why did God do that? Because he was wanting to get into him. This is who you are. So every time Abraham called himself Abraham, the father, he was making a declaration. And isn't it funny that he didn't, he didn't, he didn't not do that. He just said, hey, okay, but this is, this is the way God says. So God says, if we're going to have the God kind of faith, then the God kind of faith calls things which be not as though they were, which means the God kind of faith looks and sees the eternal things, not the temporal things. But, you know, faith never sticks its head in the sand, doesn't deny reality. It just changes it. It just believes the word over everything else that's coming against it. Amen. So it goes on to say this, who against hope believed in hope. Now, that sounds really weird, doesn't it? Who against hope believed in hope, talking about Abraham and Sarah being beyond age to have a kid. He said this, that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. Do you know that everything you receive from God is according to that which is spoken? 
You always need to find scripture. You always need to find the word of God. And so you can say, I've got a basis to stand on. I've got a scripture that I can come against the enemy in every area of my life. Amen? You know, and, and you may have many, but you need to have one that you can, man, that, just, you know, that God's given unto you. He said this, uh, you know, and being not weak in faith or being not weakened in faith, he considered not his own body. The Amplified Bible says that he, he says not being weakened in faith, he did consider his own body now dead. But when he was about a hundred years old and neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, he said, hey, but that didn't bother him at all because like he said, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Man, what an amazing thing. But was strong in faith, doing two things, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform, that he, God, could do it. Amen? Therefore, it was imputed unto him or imputed to him for righteousness. Amen? Now, let's keep reading. Verse 23 says, Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also. Everybody say, he's talking to me now. He's talking to me. This is all of it. But for me also, my Bible says me also. I, I personalize my Bible. My Bible has Mark in it. It has personalized, you know, it doesn't have my first name, but it has my, the name I go by. So it's like, but for me also, for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Amen. Verse 25, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. I love it. 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 Isn't it amazing? He staggered not at the promises of God because he said, hey, it doesn't, it, it's impossible. But everything with God is impossible. Yes. Do you ever know that you're not supposed to pray for what you can do? You never pray about you doing something. You ever have somebody come down, well, I want you to pray that I, I'll be able to do this. It's like, just go do what's wrong with you. You don't pray about something. Prayer and faith is always for the impossible. It doesn't take faith for the things you can do. It takes faith for the things you can't do. And so we think, yeah, but that's either. Well, that's just me. It's where prayer comes in. That's where faith comes in. Because that's what faith and prayer is for. Y'all okay? We make this, we make it difficult, make it hard in some areas. But the problem is, is we're always considering what's going on around us, and we've got our focus on the wrong things. You either have our focus, if it's a matter of healing, we've got our focus on the symptoms and the signs and what's going on around us. Or if it's on lack, where we don't have money, it's on the lack of things, we're on this. And here's another thing that's happened recent years, back over the last 10 years. We've been told, man, you got to speak to your mountain, speak to your mountain, speak to your mountain. Well, if you're speaking to your mountain, if you're always speaking against something and against something and never rejoicing and praising God for what he's already done for you, then you're not in faith. You got to speak to your mountain. You never run at your giant with your mouth shut. You got to do all those things there. But if your eyes is always focused on the battle and your eyes are always focused on trying to, to, to stop something, that's not faith. Faith receives. Faith is an act of receive. So faith believes that the work is already done. Faith says, I've got peace because Jesus gave me his peace. I'm not trying to get it. I'm not coming against, like I said, you got to take authority over things. You got to come and say, hey, use your faith against, but then you stop that and begin to praise God, worship God, get your mind on what God has done, not on what you're against. See, faith is always on what you receive from God. I have faith in God to believe that what he said. 
I believe that what he said, I believe I receive. I can take hold. I'm not going to focus on the wrong things. I'm going to focus on the right things. Amen. Remember what in, 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 I think Hebrews chapter 12, Jesus, you know, the, the writer of Hebrews said this, it, that consider him and consider not. In fact, let's just go over to Hebrews chapter. You guys are here. You can do it. We're, we're just doing a Bible study tonight. We're having a good time. I can quote them to you. I can share with it. It's better for you to look at it and see it for yourself. Hallelujah. And I'm putting on my wonderful cheaters here because, you know, it's, uh, it works. Amen. Notice what it says. Verse 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Aren't you glad he started it? He's going to finish it. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. Hallelujah. Because he said you got to consider him. When I said consider and consider not, you consider not and you consider him. Consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against him, lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. People have a lot of struggle with faith battles. Because when you begin to believe God and it takes a little bit of time or it takes a day or two or a week or a month or, you know, it's funny. People used, you know, when they get a hold of the things of God, especially when they get a hold of the faith message or get a hold of believing God, they get all excited and they get really cool and they they run out and try to do things. And then after it doesn't work uh, for any length of time, they get really discouraged and really weird. And they think, well, these guys, and they hear these other people talk and preach and they think, well, they, they don't ever... You know, it's funny. I remember the first time that uh, Brother Higgins shared something. He was, he was in a meeting talking and, and he got up and said, man, I just got a revelation and God just, I've been believing God for 10 years to get rid of this ringing in my ear. You could have heard a pin drop. Took you 10, year, 10 years? He said, he just believed in God. Nobody even knew he had it. Nobody even knew that, but he was believing God. He got him testified about it, shared about how good it was. Hallelujah. Shocked everybody because... You know, the man who we look up to, who's our father, you know, spiritual father and everything else, thinking, man, he gets, he hits it like this, you know. He don't even, in fact, he never even gets attacked, you know, and all this kind of stuff. That's what we thought. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know, and see, that shocked all of you. Some of you are like, I'm going to be 10 years. I got see, the problem is that's, that's where you get messed up because you're looking at a time thing instead of believing God. You're looking at this as saying, I remember talking to someone, well, how long do I got to do that? I said, well, how about for the rest of your life? How long do I got to keep back? How about for the rest of your life? How about let's just believe God. Let's, let's watch God do some things. Let's watch God take hold of this. Amen? See, because my faith is in what God says, not what I say. And you have to have faith in your faith. You understand what I'm saying? You better have faith in your faith. You better have faith in what you say because what you say is what's going to come to pass. Amen. But the key is your faith should stand in what God says. And you ought to be saying what God says about that situation if you're believing. Amen. You never, never, never should say something out of your mouth that your heart doesn't agree with. Because that messes you up spiritually big time more than anything else. When you say something that your heart's not in agreement with, that's how people have mental breakdowns. If you do things that your heart's not in, it's what causes big, big chasms to come, and you don't want that. 
Y'all doing okay. Y'all doing okay in the camera there too. You're doing good. Praise God. Hallelujah. Because there's three main things of, of what we do that we don't do right. One is the number one is wrong thinking. You got to get your thinking straight of how God thinks about you, how you think about yourself. Amen. See, because faith affects you in, 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 you know, big areas, but three mainly. Number one, it affects you about your self-esteem. Amen. It also affects you how God looks at you and how you look at God. And then it also affects how you look around you and what you do for other people. Amen. Because God never, he, you know, he, he wants to bless you, but he wants to get things to you so he can get things through you so that you can be a bigger blessing to everybody else. Amen. So we get this wrong thinking about it. Because a lot of you think, well, if I do this, that's the whole thing about sowing and reaping. And all this about giving. And yet giving's in the Bible and sowing's in the Bible and it works. I mean, Luke 6.38 says this, you know. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Shall men come and give unto you. But the latter part of that verse says, but it'll come the same way that you give is the same way it's going to get given back to you. So you got to ask yourself, if it's not coming, what am I doing? But everyone says, like, you know, you know, all these things you want to talk about. Yeah, you can sow, but you sow because God wants you to sow. You don't sow to get. And yet that's how you get by sowing. Because if you're not planting, you're not going to have a crop. But if your attitude is, is that I'm going to do this so God can bring me back a hundredfold or 30. Or I'm doing this because I got all this. No, you're doing it because God asked you to do it. You're doing it because God, God said do it. Amen. Because if you're doing it in the wrong way, you don't ever receive. And you're like, ah. I, I sowed and sowed. I gave it. That guy said this. I had a guy, bless his heart. He was watching TV and he got on the Christian stations. And so these guys were telling him everything. So he just write a check. He just write a check. He was like, oh, man, he was so overdrawn, so in debt. I said, what are you doing? He, he said, well, they said if I did that, this would happen. They said, I said, I said, look, you know, and he's about to lose his house. His wife was going crazy. And I can't blame her because, you know, I mean, you think anybody, I mean, this guy was an older gentleman too. And you think he'd, he'd had little sense, but he was believing all these guys. And I'm not coming against any of them. A lot of these guys on TV are all my friends. If you watch Brother Copeland's thing, almost everybody on there, I know they're all my friends and I love them. They're great men of God. But the, but the thing about it is, is that you got to be led, not compelled. No, I, that's not even part of what I'm supposed to be doing here. But we're doing it because you've you got to know that what God's words are. And yes, we need to give. Yes, we need to sow. Hallelujah. And man, if you sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. You do. It's a spiritual law. But if you've got a wrong thinking about it, you're in trouble. Because your wrong thinking will affect your believing. Amen. And you'll start believing wrong. Even though you're, you're endeavoring to say all the right things, but you're believing in a wrong way. And so that's why we have to correct all that. We have to have right thinking, right believing, and right saying, or right confession. You have to have all three of those together. Because if any one of those is wrong, you don't receive. And then you're like frustrated. And believe it or not, the hardest one in that is, is actually, uh, you know, well, I shouldn't say that. They're all connected, but really it's the same part. You know, it is that. You know, it's the same part about being able to get up and testify when God does something. You're like, well, I want to make sure. So I'm not going to say anything about it. I want to make sure 
I don't want to say anything, but boy, it sure feels like God healed me, or it sure feels like, you know, you know, but we're not going to say anything until we're sure. Wait a minute. What's going on? You know, you're ashamed of God before men. He'll be ashamed of you before God. And that what we use that for salvation all the time, but believe it or not, that, that goes in every area. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me before men, you know, then, you know, it'll be, I'll be ashamed of you before God. So the thing of it is, if you're ashamed of what Jesus has done in your life, you've got to turn around and glorify God and believe it. See, that's where belief comes. That's where you believe. Because if you really think right and you're believing right, then your talking's going to be right. And it doesn't matter what anybody said. People are going to disagree with you all the time, but it's okay. Why do you want to have, hang out with them? Amen? You've got to consider what God has done and consider the word of God. Amen? You consider the word of God. It's so, it's so important to, to see that, you know, that, that we keep the word of God. That's why we always talk about the Bible is, is so important because believe it or not, remember what Jesus said? If you look at what Jesus said in, in John's gospel when he's going through, if you read from John chapter 12 all the way through the end, he's sharing with his disciples and he gets down to one verse down there and he begins to share it. He says, listen, I'm not, I didn't come to judge the world. I came to save the world. He said, what's going to judge the world is the word that I spoke. So the word that I spoke is going to judge everybody to see if they, if they are doing what's right. See, the word's going to be our judge. And that's why we take hold and say, glory to God, I know who's going to judge me. I'm going to get in agreement with this word and I'm going to let God's word help me. Amen? See, because if you have right thinking, then you say, I am who the word says I am. But let me ask you a question. What does the word say about you? I am who the word says I am. So, so what am I? Well, the word says, first of all, he says, Jesus said, you know, that you're a new creature. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17 says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation, a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. You're a new creature. You're somebody that was never before ever. I mean, you're a brand new species, brand new being on the inside. You change when you when you got born again, you passed from death to life. I mean, something that never before existed is now existing right now. You say, Yeah, but I got the yeah, you got the same mind and the same body, and that's the problem. But you got a brand new spirit in you. You got a brand new spirit in you. You got a na- new nature, you got the nature of God. Peter said this, you've got the nature. You know, he's who has given unto us his divine nature that by these exceeding great and precious promises, we can be a partaker of that divine nature. Means we have it, but to be a partaker of it, we got to get the scriptures in us. Got to get the word of God in us. Amen. So I am who God says I am. I'm more than a conqueror is what he said. It's what he told him in Romans. He said, you're an overcomer. Amen. He said, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. When we look at these things, now see the problem with that is, is you can, the devil does one of two things. He either wants to push you down, tell you you're nothing, or man, he wants to blow you up and tell you you got it all going on. You, you, I mean, you, you, I mean, you're just right next to Jesus. You're even better than Paul. You got it going on, man. You're anointed. You know, it's the hardest thing in the world is just to just let God be God and enjoy the promises of God and just walk this life out and allow God to help you and watch God touch lives. Amen? Amen. It, it seems so difficult for that's what a lot of people, they have, they have such a hard time with. Amen? To stay, well, I always say this, to stay middle of the road. We either get on a ditch on one side or we get a ditch on the other side. Amen? Hallelujah. But not only do you say, I am what the word says I am, but it says, I have. Yes. 
what the word says I have. Hallelujah. Do you know you have faith? If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've truly believed in your heart, confessed with your mouth, and truly said that out loud, and made Jesus the Lord of your life, guess what? You've got faith. Every man was given the measure of faith. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 says, Let not any man think more highly of himself than he ought to think, for God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. All of us start out the same. We all have the same measure of faith. So we have faith. Amen? He's given that to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says that we have authority. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth, Matthew 28, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. I give it to you. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. All authority has been given to me. I give you my name, and in my name, all authority is in that name. Hallelujah. He gave us power of attorney. Amen. If you know any legal terms, you understand that when you have power of attorney, guess what? Woo-hoo. You get to make, make decisions. Has anybody ever gotten somebody giving you power of attorney for their life? Yeah, I have. Three or four times. They think, I, they think I'm honest or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, I have been the guardianship of, of several, uh, you know, people's kids too, that if they died, I mean, probably 10. Uh, and thank God I prayed hard for them to live. <laughs> Hallelujah. They just came to Pastor, we want you to know that we signed you up to, you know, if we die, you're taking all of our kids. I said, whoa, time out here. We're going to talk. But no, I didn't. I said, well, praise God. We're going to believe God you're going to live. And they've all, they're all alive today. And their kids are all grown. <laughs> but that'll exercise your faith. <laughs> Amen. But, uh, you know, I mean, w- we look at these things here. And, and what happens is, is that when you start saying that, though, when you start really believing that, all of a sudden it changes who you are. And then it changes those around you because they get to thinking, well, you just think more. You just think in your son. Say, no, I'm confident in God. I'm bragging on what God's doing. I'm strong. I'm healed. I'm whole. I'm cared for. God's going to meet and supply all of my needs. He said all those things. Why? Because he's my father and I'm his child. And he said in his word that he would do it. I've got a scripture for it. And that scripture in line with the word of God works. It's works. It's work. See, when I take the word of God as my final authority, then it all changes. Amen? See, most of us want some kind of sign. <laughs> Amen? Hallelujah. And um, one, of, one of my you know, favorite verses, when I got a lot of favorites, I shouldn't say favorite. One of my, I, I believe this verse is such a good verse, is Hebrews 4.2, because it really shows us the difference between the children of Israel, what happened, and why they couldn't do what they were doing because of unbelief and what they were doing. It, it says this, in Hebrews 4.2, it says, unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but it didn't profit them. You say, well, how come they got the same gospel? It didn't profit, why? Because they didn't mix faith with it. You know, you've got to mix faith with it. You've got to believe. You've got to exercise. Now, you've heard my stories. I go to meetings and stuff, and I get so much out of it. And people walk out going, I heard that before. And if you've heard it before, you didn't get it. You needed to hear it again. Because, you know, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You need to hear it again. You need to hear it again. Hear it again. Hear it again. Hear it again. Because the only way you can turn your faith loose, you know, you know faith is, what faith is is, Hebrews 11, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Amen? 
That's, that, that's what faith is. You know, how faith comes, Romans ten seventeen. faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. How do I turn my faith loose? By my words and by my actions, by my thinking, by my believing and by my words. That's how I turn my faith. That's how I take the faith that's in my heart because I, I believe that and I act upon it. And I trust God that what he said is true more than what everybody else is doing. Did you notice over in Mark 11? Let's go back to Mark 11. Look at when things here. And if I see you getting drowned, I'm going to stop. But I'm believing that you're going to be able to take it. It's good. Hallelujah. One of these times we just should have questions and answers. Let you guys ask questions and I'll let my wife answer them. <laughs> okay, anyways, no. Look what it says here. Mark eleven twenty three. Verily I say unto you, that means she could do it though. She actually can. Verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And look at the next little phrase. And shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Now you got to believe those in your heart. If he shall not doubt in his heart. One of the things about some say, well, what's the heart? The heart is the spirit of man. It's not the physical being, but it's the spirit of man. It's, it's you on the inside. What is the heart? It's the spirit of man on the inside of you. Because let me just share with you. Your mind is going to give you fits on just about everything that you believe. I don't know that I've ever had 100%. Well, I take that back. I have had the gift of faith work twice in my life. Now, that's different. That's a spiritual gift. That's a gift that, that came is talking about in First Corinthians chapter 12. And it's the gift of faith. When the gift of faith comes on and you say something and it's so outrageous, but you just know, believe, you, you try to doubt and you can't. It's so much fun. I wish that'd come on all the time. That would be so cool. You know? Hallelujah. That would be awesome. But uh, uh, like I said, it's only happened twice in my life where the gift of faith has been an operation. And I just stood by and watched, told everybody. And they were like, that's impossible. And it came to pass. And it was so cool. They're like, well, how did you? Oh, man, your faith. I said, my faith. <laughs> I was doubting the whole time, but I was having fun. I just knew it was going to happen. I mean, I wasn't doubting. I just said it was like, you just couldn't. You just knew that. But when I'm believing and I've got the word of God and God just, and I just seems good or it seems like, and I'm going to exercise my faith because I want God's just prompting me. The enemy's always trying to say, it ain't going to work this time. It ain't going to work this time. You're not going to get healed this time. Your needs are not going to get met this time. And I love it when he says that to me. Because you know what he's saying? It all worked in the past. We, we know what's worked back here, but you know, God, God's been very true back here, but he's not going to be true now. And I start laughing. I do. I do. I've, that's what I learned to do. I learned to just chuckle. And I have a, I, you know me, I have a great laugh. It's, it's very loud, very obnoxious, whatever it is, but it's my laugh. I laugh with the whole being and I just laugh. And then pretty soon he'll ask you the question, well, what are you laughing? I said, I'm laughing at you because you just told me I'm going to get it. You just confirmed because you're nervous. If I wasn't going to get it, you wouldn't even bother me. Do you know, if you didn't have any chance of doing it, doubt wouldn't show up. See, you've got to doubt your doubts and believe your beliefs, but you've got to know when doubt shows up, you're close. Y'all doing good? Now, see, here's the key. See, this unbelief here, when it's talking about don't let any unbelief, which simply means that don't let the thinking, just don't let any pictures, don't let anything, 
Don't doubt in your heart what you believe God's saying. Your head's going to give you fits, but you should tell your head to be quiet. Amen? See, there's two kinds of doubt. One doubt is you just don't know enough yet. You just don't know if it's really true. The other one is uh, unpersuadableness, which is what Hebrews 4.2 was. They were just totally, we are not. They saw God's miracles, signs, wonders. They saw the 10 plagues of, of Egypt. I mean, can you imagine? They saw everything that God did to the Egyptians. They saw all these things here. Amen? And God protected them. Did all of this stuff. And then the last one, they had to protect themselves. You remember that? The last one was the firstborn was going to be killed in all the land. If they hadn't put the blood over the post, which we're going to talk about the Passover, that was the first Passover. Passover, Passover. The death angel passed over them because they put the blood up there. But they had to do something. They saw nine miracles of God that didn't affect them. But they saw against all these Egyptians and everything else going on. But the last one was going to affect them if they weren't obedient. Their firstborn would have died had they not put the blood on the post. Because, you know, because death is for everybody, you know, and and it's the last enemy that's going to be put underfoot. But we see that handed to it and believing that. They had to have faith to believe it. Can you imagine the whales and the thing believing that, oh my gosh, we're here is it, are we going to be okay? Has, has, has Moses going to kill us too? And of course, when they got out in the wilderness, what did they say? You brought us out here to die. Man, what a, what a crazy bunch. I mean, right? Wow. God did all that. God swallows up the whole Egyptian army. The greatest, I mean, they ruled the world. They ruled the world at that time. The known world, the Egyptian, they, they ruled the world. And he wiped out their whole army. Amen. I mean, amazing. When you think about that, and, and yet these, these people, man, what a bunch of, but they're just like all of us. You know, I'm tired of this food. I want meat. You know, you know if we, we watch the Ten Commandments, and of course you see they bring out all the feeble people and they're carrying all the sick and the blind and all. But the Bible says there was not one feeble person among them. Two million people and not one sick. Not one blind, not one maimed, not one anything. Amazing. They were all healthy and and God sustained them for all of those years. The Bible says their clothes didn't wear out. Now that messes the ladies up because they want new ones. But for us guys, yeah, baby, I can fit into these suckers. These are good. So hey, we know they had big cloaks so you can probably still grow. But the key is, is that you have this and uh, their shoes didn't wear out. Their clothes didn't wear out. God was, it was a perfect environment. It took no faith to be in the, in the wilderness. Zero. And God was doing miracles every single day. He was keeping a cloud over them so that they were cool by the day. He was doing fire by night. He, it was perfect. He was feeding them. They had to get, everything was there. And God was doing miracles every day. And they were totally out of the will of God. Because there was no faith involved. What does Hebrew chapter 11 and verse 6 say? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So you want everything to be perfect. You don't want to ever have to use your faith. You'd be totally out of the will of God. God loves bringing challenges to you. And the devil loves to see if you're going to try to do things too. Amen. Why did 1 Timothy say, fight the good fight of faith if there wasn't a battle? 
there's a battle. There's the fight to faith. There's a fight to be in faith because unbelief is so strong in our, in our, it, it's just, it's, it's just interwoven into us. Fear is interwoven into us. You know, discouragement is, I mean, it's just because we've all been discouraged. We've all had things not work, but it's just woven into us in the, into these things. And so, you know, it, it, the, the currents of unbelief are so strong that very, very few ever rise up above them to be able to combat them. He tells us we got to fight the good fight of faith. He says, well, well what, what's our, who's our enemy? What a, the number one enemy for faith is lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge of the word of God. Because the more word, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So the number one enemy against faith is not knowing what the Bible says. And not believing that what the Bible says for me, I can receive. Amen? It's one of the number one things. It's one of the, the biggest ones. Remember I said faith affects you in your self-esteem. It affects you in your God esteem and it affects you in your people esteem. How you, how you touch lives. See, because the second big, big, big enemy against faith, not after lack of knowledge, is that you do not think that you're worthy. Unworthy. You don't think that you deserve to be healed. You don't deserve to be blessed. You don't deserve to have joy. You don't deserve to be happy. You don't deserve to have peace because of all the things you've done. Amen? And see, the problem with that is, is that you don't understand what Jesus did. Now, if you want to know what Jesus did, and you want to know what, when he said that he was, his resurrection made you justified, you need to come on Sunday, because that's what we're going to teach you about, and I'm not going to jump over into that, because y'all are pushing that way, but I ain't going that way. I'm stopping on that one. I'm going to keep my thunder for Sunday, because, because it's so cool. And I so want to tell it to you tonight. Because <laughs> it'll help you immensely. But you're going to have to come back or you're going to have to watch it on, online later on. Whatever you want to do there. Because we have this sense of unworthiness. We don't think that, well, I've, I've failed God so much. Who cares? Guess what? All of us have failed God. All of us deserve to go to hell. Do not collect $200. You know, you get to go straight to hell. But thank God we didn't have to do that because Jesus died for us and all we had to do was reach out and say, Lord Jesus, I accept you. And he paid the penalty. He paid the price. Woohoo! And he is the one that made me worthy. He made me worthy. Amen? I mean, when you understand that, it changes. It changes your whole outlook on things where he says, you know, I've made you worthy. Amen? Hallelujah. He's the one that made us worthy. Praise God. And so when you, when you understand that, it's like, wow, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, that you're the one that's done it. Hallelujah. Because, you know, many times the Bible talks about you've got to walk worthy of it. And you can't do that in your own strength, but you can definitely do it in his strength. Because he's the one that made you worthy. So, and, and I see this one a lot. And, and I've, been, I've been attacked in this area right here. The sense of unworthiness, not when I say this, understand what I'm saying, is that people have a, have a difficulty. They have a t- sense of saying, well, yeah, well, you're just not humble. You're in pride. No, I just know who I am in Christ. I've been called a lot of things. and I've been called everything, especially in the area of pride or in the area of, the, because I am very confident. I'm one of the most confident guys I know. I mean, it's, it is, I, and, and I, don't, I, I thought that I was uh, the normal person, but I found out that I was the abnormal person because I just found out Jesus loves me, amen? And you need to find out that Jesus loves you, okay? 
and that Jesus made you worthy. It's not about your worthiness. It's about Jesus made you worthy. Amen. I was praying for a young lady but way back, way, way back when I was in my 20s. And this really messed me up big time because it was a lady, she had leukemia and she was in her 20s. And I went to the house and her mom and her were there and I was praying. And I, I, I just was praying before. I just knew God was going to do something supernatural. So when I got there, I prayed. And uh, I, I been to pray and Jesus showed up. Jesus shows up and he's in the room and I, and, I, and I know he's there. I mean, I just know he's there. And I said to the little girl, I said, Jesus is here and he's come to heal you. And the power of God's come upon you and it's going to raise you up and it's going to lift you up now so you can know. And, and she just lifted up, you know, literally laying like this, lifted up. You know, if it's, well, you think it was necromancer. It wasn't. It was just, Jesus lifted her up. She said, yeah, Jesus is right. I said, yeah, he's come to heal you. And she said, oh, but I don't deserve it. And plopped right back down on the couch. I said, but Jesus is here. Forget about me. Jesus is here. <laughs> she said, I know, but I don't deserve. I said, you got to be kidding me. It's not about what you deserve. He's come to heal you. And she said, but I can't receive it. And she died. And it was, I tell you, it rocked my world. It rocked me so bad because I thought, Lord, what, you know, me and we, I just had to go and I just wept and I, I prayed and I talked to the Lord. I said, Lord, I, I don't know what else to do. What? And she said, well, now you know how, you know how I felt. How I felt in, 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 you know, in Nazareth there when there was so much unbelief and I couldn't do anything. I thought, Lord, yeah, but Lord, that's never happened before. And believe it or not, folks, that's never happened since. And that's frustrated me too. I, me and God, we talk about that a little bit too. I say, Lord, what's going on? You know, and uh, now I've had a lot of people get healed. A lot of people, God's raised them up. It's been fantastic. But the thing about it is, is that, I mean, that was the most supernatural. And yet Jesus, and I, I just, I said, what do you mean? She said, I don't deserve it. I said, you're 23 years old. What about you? You done so bad in this. How could you do that? You can't be that bad. You're only 23. I don't care what you did. <laughs> You just haven't lived long enough to do as many as everybody else, all the other of us. We've all messed up. What are we talking about here? But I couldn't do it. I just couldn't get her to to see. And it was because she had such a sense of unworthiness. And it was so shocking, you know, to get past that, you know, because I was endeavoring to get the word of God. Because it's not about... What you, you and what you, it's about what Jesus did, bought, what he did, what he suffered, those stripes that he was beaten with so unconditionally. It was by his stripes that you're healed. Amen. He bought it. He paid for it. It's yours. Hallelujah. Amen. And what we do is we allow the enemy, we allow the devil to lie to us. And then we allow the devil, one of the other things that we do here that's an enemy of faith, believe it or not, is hope. People stay in hope and they don't ever get into faith. They, they actually agree with the word. They love the word. They praise the word. They, they really think the word is good. They even confess the word about everything and they say, isn't it wonderful? But they never do it. Yes. They don't act on it. They don't say, I'm healed. I'm blessed. They don't say, I've got strength. I've got joy in the midst of all things. Yeah, but you don't look like you've got joy. 
You don't look like this. It doesn't matter what I look like. This is what I believe. I believe this. This is what God is doing in my life. He's doing this. And it always becomes a substitute for it because we're sure hoping. We're hoping so much. And it's because this is what we want. It's like we want it so much, you know, but it's not faith. Because faith is a rest, it's not a work. And that's one of the biggest things. That's how you know we are in faith, believing you have a rest. Faith is a rest. Faith is, is, has an assurance. Faith has joy in believing in your faith mobile. You have joy and, you have, and peace in that. And you have joy and faith. And you're like, yes, I, I, I see this, what God's doing. Amen? And so we take hold of this. We, we grab a hold of it. And, uh, you know, we've got to have that right thinking. We've got to have that right believing. And we've got to have that right saying. It helps us immensely. And then we've got to come against our doubts. Because wavering and doubting, the Bible says in James, it says if we waver, if we keep going back up and down, up and down, up and down, it, it, it's, it's going to cause us, that man's not going to receive anything from the Lord. Amen? I mean, don't get downtrodden. Don't keep your head and eyes on the girl that didn't get saved, okay? Jesus shows up. I mean, that's not, I mean, all of us would say, man, I'd be just great. Yes, you would be, but that's because you know the word of God. You know, this young lady didn't know the word of God. I know that's why God showed up because it was a situation. There was a lot of circumstances going on. And I just, you know, but I knew, I mean, I knew something supernatural. I didn't know it was going to be quite that supernatural. But that shocked me because I've had other times where I've laid hands on people and I felt like I was laying hands on a doorknob. And I didn't have any faith. to be. I mean, I tried, but it just wasn't. I thought, and that person went away whole. And you guys have all heard my Betty Jane Cumston stories, okay? My bag lady that used to come to church for 12 years. Never came to church. Never came to service. Not one time. In 12 and a half years did she come to a service. Actually come to a service. She'd come during the week. And she'd be carrying 60-pound grocery bags. I mean, bags. They were heavy because I carried them for her, trying to help, you know. And, uh, man, she'd come in. She'd, say, she'd bang on the door, and she'd come in. She'd be, like, you know, just terribly looking and her, you know, eyes watering, nose I mean, just, ugh. You just like, oh, my gosh. She's like, Pastor, you got to pray for me. It's like, I don't want to pray for you. I don't want to even be around you. You got to pray for me. I say, okay. And I'd say, in Jesus' name, be healed. Bam. She get in. I mean, it got. It would just. She's like, "Thank you, Pastor. I'm gonna go." And I'm like, "I mean, there's times I go down. I need. I'm just like, oh yeah, Betty Jane. Praise God. You be healed. Jesus name. Bam. She got every single. I do not know of one time in twelve and a half years she did not get healed every single time I prayed, and I purposely tried to be ugly in it. I mean, I purposely said, God, I have no faith. I'm not believing. I mean, I don't understand that. You're just. You're killing me. I mean, I got. You know. 200 people or 300 people are down here. Yeah, they're, 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 they're precious and they're struggling. And this lady gets it every time. What's wrong with this picture? Because it wasn't my faith doing it. Because she'd say, you're my pastor. Bible says you come to the elders of the church, you pray. I get it. I said, yes, ma'am. That's what it says. <laughs> That's what it says. It's all about it. She said, and she got it. You know? She'd go home to her, her mama who was 104. And then she was like, you know, 70 something. And uh, yeah, she was, you know, she got it every single time, you know. I mean, she was younger than that. But by this time, you know, 12 years later and stuff. But I just to say, Lord, um, I'm not even, I, I just said, God, he did teach me later on. He said, because it was her. She believed that. She believed that if I prayed, 
she'd get healed. And she did every single time. She didn't, I mean, she was very simple. She didn't, you know, have it, you know, never had a job, never had it. But she just, she just believed that. She said, you're my pastor. I'd say, how can I be your pastor and you ain't never here? <laughs> she said, doesn't matter. You're my pastor. And I believe. I said, yes, you do. Yes, you do. You know, yes, you do. We used to just, you know, that used to be something. Hey, Betty, I said, yeah, she'll be. She'll be. And then for, after a while, you know, after years, you kind of think, yeah, she's going to get healed. And she did. You know, you just go down and pray, you know. So I, I thought about one time just telling her over the intercom, I'm going to pray on the intercom. See if it works. <laughs> but I didn't. I always go down and lay hands on her. Hallelujah. Amen. You know. Uh, <laughs> but you know when you take the word of God let's close this thing out here I, I went too long a little bit here but when you close this thing out is, is realizing that uh, we take the word of God and we believe what God said over what everything else is, even what we're be- seeing in the, in the natural but we believe what God says see God said you're beautifully and wonderfully made God said you're more than a conqueror. That means you're over a conqueror. It means you can, you can face this thing and you can defeat whatever the enemy. That means that there's nothing incurable because there's nothing impossible with God. Amen? There's nothing impossible with God. We've seen God do miraculous things. God can still do miraculous things. Amen? And the way God works with his word the way his word becomes life to us is that we get his word in our heart and we speak his word out of our lips and it comes to pass. That's how God does it for us. And we never change. We just say, this is what the Bible says. I believe this is what God's word says. This is what I believe. And this is what I'm going to stand on. You know, so you got to change your thinking. And you got to begin to think in line with the word of God. Start thinking well. Start seeing yourself well and whole. Start seeing yourself blessed. Start seeing what God says. And in a world that we live in, it's tough. But we're supposed to be walking to it with a different person, different things. We're supposed to walk in line with the word of God. So I'm going to walk in agreement with this. that God said, here's what we're doing. That's why we get a bad name because if you're positive, well, how could you be positive in this negative world we're in? There's nothing positive to be in. Yeah, there is. Jesus is coming. And you're saved. Hallelujah. And you're looking for him. He said, lift up your head, lift up your eyes for your redemption draws nigh. Hallelujah. There's a lost and dying world that needs Jesus. They need to see hope. They need to see somebody that this is actually working. They need to see somebody who's saying, this word works. You can believe God. You can stand it. God will do it for you. Amen. And that's what our generation, that's what all these, that's what we need to be doing. Hallelujah. We need to take hold of this because faith confessions create realities in our life. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you. We love you and thank you. Lord, just thank you. I get caught up and I get to teaching and and sharing and I just love to teach and share, especially on the subject of faith. Lord, it's my heart. It's my heart's desire, my heart's cry to do those things. Thank you for these wonderful folks that are here and all those wonderful folks that are watching. Lord, thank you for your grace and your mercy. Oh, we give you honor. We give you glory, Lord. We just thank you and praise you for that. But Father, we thank you most of all for Jesus and we thank you that without him, we could do nothing. And we know the Holy Spirit that he, when he made it to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit to be our teacher and our guide. And so we thank God for the Spirit of God that lives within us. Lord, let us be laborers that are sent forth into your harvest so that we can minister life into your harvest. Lord, we thank you for that. We just honor you for it. And you're just such a blessing. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.